shatter. Chiron flinched as the cereal bowl he held fell and shattered on the kitchen tile. Dang it, he said, and grabbed the broom from behind the refrigerator. No more gunshots followed, so he assumed fate had already chosen the loser of the street duel outside. Who the heck is shooting at 7 o'clock in the morning, he said. Mexicans ain't even up this early. He swept up the milky cocoa puffs and broken shards. I ain't even get a taste, he grumbled. He dumped the mess in the trash can and tiptoed to the cabinet, hoping he could eat a full bowl of cereal before Rashad woke up and cussed him out. He grabbed the box of cocoa puffs from inside the cabinet and reached below the kitchen sink to grab a plastic container to eat the cereal in on his way to school. He sat the bowl on the kitchen counter and poured cocoa puffs in as slowly as he could. Lo and behold, I knew it had to be your fat ass in here making all that damn noise. A raspy voice croaked. Kyron's heart stopped. He turned around. Rashad was standing in the kitchen doorway, sneering at Kyron. He was wearing grease sweatpants, a dirty white tank top, and scratching his wrist in a way that suggested he smoked more than cigarettes in his free time. Kyron always wondered what his mother saw in Rashad. Between his pockmarked brown skin, faded tattoos, and long gray speckled dreadlocks, he looked like a dying lion. What the hell are you trying to devour now, nigga? Rashad snapped. My grocery bill high enough as it is. Take some money out your crack budget and buying groceries wouldn't be a problem, Chiron thought. I just wanted to eat some cereal. Rashad snorted. No, what your fat ass wanted to do was eat all my cereal. He picked his nose with a blackened fingernail and flicked a booger into the hallway. Last I checked, school ain't stopped serving breakfast. Maybe if you wobble your ugly, piggly, wiggly ass up there, you'd catch it. Now get the fuck out of my kitchen. But I woke up late today, Kyron pleaded. Breakfast ends at 7.45 and it's 7.22. I might not make it in time. Rashad smirked and approached Kyron slowly. Then you must not be that hungry in the first place, huh? Suddenly, he backhand Kyron in the mouth and shoved him out the kitchen. Now, I ain't got to tell you, but one more time, say the fuck out my kitchen, Rashad roared. Kyron rubbed his sore mouth and turned away from the kitchen. Yes, nigga, yes, what? Yes, sir, Kyron said. He picked up his backpack lying on the living room couch and walked towards the front door. He heard the ding ding of cereal bouncing off ceramic and turned around. Rashad was still in the kitchen. He was pouring the entire box of Cocoa Puffs into the metal bowl that Keisha, Kyron's mother, used for making cake batter. Asshole, Kyron cursed under his breath. Kyron hated him. Rashad cheated him like he was his slave, cussed him out at every chance, and beat on him repeatedly, assaulting him inside and outside the apartment to the amusement of his neighbors. Body aching from the purple and red wilt on his skin, Chiron would run to his mother and beg her to kick Rashad out. Why do you keep making him mad, Keisha, Chiron's mother would say over and over again. If he wouldn't be the problem, there wouldn't be a problem. How am I the problem when I didn't even do nothing? Chiron would shriek. Or, it's not my fault, he started with me. Or, I do everything he asks and he still won't leave me alone. Yet all his pleas fell on deaf ears. His mother would always say the same thing. She would close her eyes, take a hit from one of her cigarettes. 
Heck, she hadn't even began smoking until she met Rashad and say slowly, he really does love you, Chiron. He just has a strange way of showing it. That was always his mom's defense for him. He loves you. He just has a strange way of showing it. His mother was delusional, lost in the fantasy world. Jesus himself can knock on the door, look Keisha dead in the eyes and tell her that she sleeps in the bed every night with the no good, lazy, drugged out, alcoholic lowlife who was just using her to have a roof over his head while he snorted cocaine and pop pills. She would still come to his defense. Before walking out the front door, he stopped and looked at the black marks on the edge of the door's white wood. When Chiron was 11, he had marked the door frame with black ink to track his growth. He touched the highest mark near his forehead inside. 16 years old and barely 5'2", with shoes on at least. My dreams of catching a growth spurt are hopeless, he thought somberly. Chiron's mother had said that before he died, his father was a tall and beautiful man with a powerful presence. Apparently, these were genetic traits that had skipped Chiron because he was far from charismatic. His face, with his telephone pole-sized lips and sad eyes, was the opposite of beautiful. And as far as size, it looked like he was doomed to be the height of a seventh grader for the rest of his life. He opened the door and a gust of freezing air blew in the apartment. Hey, nigga, close my door! Rashad yelled from the kitchen. Chiron stepped into the snow-covered porch and pulled the door shut. Lord, please let this day turn out better than it began, he prayed hopefully. But Chiron knew it wouldn't change. His life was trapped in an endless cycle of suckiness. Yet despite the hopeless vision of the world surrounding him, a change of fate was approaching that he could never imagine. End of chapter one.